Welcome to Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. All right, welcome to episode five, season four, Hallmarked Up. And this week we have two guests, Bettina and Missy, who are my college roommates from Milwaukee. Say hello, ladies. Hi. Hello, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) And Mary's here too, obviously. Hi. We all watched one that I personally was excited about in like a, as excited as you can be about a Hallmark movie, I would say, way called Three Wise Men and a Baby, which I learned was written by Paul Campbell and Kim Stewart, or whatever her name is. Stewstead. Yeah, Stewstead. So, were they actors in the movie? So yeah. she was the doctor. Oh, okay. And she was in another movie we watched this year. Lights, Camera, Christmas. Thank you. That's the one. She was the doctor and she was also the costumer in Lights, Camera, Christmas. And he was who? Luke in this movie? He was Stefan in this Stephen. movie. Stefan. Okay, gotcha. The one who wrote it. And I saw that they have written a few others together in the past, which I thought it was interesting, Mary, and we talked about this a bit last week, that Luke was a fireman because Kim's also in that one that's like the kitten's fireman shenanigans. Oh, I see. I see. So I don't know. There's some kind of connection there, I would say. But there's something about firefighting that is extremely hallmark. It's extremely like down home, like traditionally attractive men. I'll have you do the recap. I did take very good notes this time because I thought I might have to do it myself. But the way they start off the movie with the fireman like standing there looking in the mirror, I can't, he may even have his shirt off. I can't remember. He did. He did. I wrote that down. (laughs) I was like, wow, Hallmark. Anyway. So, yeah, yeah. it's a bit spicy. Yeah, let's kick it off, Mary. Tell us about three wise men and a baby. So the film does, in fact, open with shirtless firefighter Luke looking in a mirror and talking to himself. Things that we know about Luke are that he lives with his mom because he has been trying to build his own house for about 10 years and it's not done yet. Next scene, we see his brother Taylor getting fired from his video game development job. Taylor is temporarily living in mom's basement. Now, it's unclear why he's living in mom's basement. Like, I see why he is now because he just got fired. But seeing as he wasn't fired you know, yesterday. I don't know why he's living in mom's basement, but he is. Well, he does get to play his video games on there. So he gets to I play his video games in mom's basement. Yeah. Though, I mean, presumably it. one could do that in one's own apartment as well, but whatever. He probably has what seems to me like it should be the highest paying job of these three gentlemen, but he lives in his mom's basement. Whatever. It's fine. I wanted to mention he works for a company called Funnin Games. Oh, F-U-N-N-E-N. Funnin Games. So Taylor lives in his mom's basement. He gets fired, but then he pulls a, you can't fire me, I quit. And there's drama and he storms out. Next, we're introduced to brother Stefan, who is, I wrote down, Stefan is like a dog therapist or something, question mark. Later, he actually says, I'm a pet therapist. So yes, Stefan is a pet therapist. And we meet him talking to a woman named Susie who has a Yorkie named Marcel with emotional problems. I actually thought, I have to interject, only because like for a hot minute, that they were I didn't realize the dog was there initially because she turns up at his house and she obviously is it Susie is a bit like nervous to meet him or whatever. And so I thought they were on a date and their like very mm-hmm. first meeting was at his house, which I thought not yet. Strange. Not yet. Spoiler, Sarah. Exactly, exactly. We don't know yet if they'll fall in love. Oh, <laughs> God. Of course we don't. 
no sir i thought the same exact thing i'm like why is she coming over there and yeah just the way she was talking i thought so too it was like i I thought it was like a first date yeah i was like but you would not invite her to your house I couldn't figure out what was going on. I, I literally wrote that down. First date, question mark. And then like within two minutes worked out what was actually going on with the pet. Well, there. clearly my attention went immediately to the Yorkie. So I didn't. <laughs> that. But Stefan, unlike his two brothers, does not live at home. But he lives what his brother calls, quote unquote, in the backyard, meaning in the house right behind their mother's house. The plot really gets going when Luke, remember, this is the firefighting brother, finds a baby in the firehouse with a note attached to him. The baby's name is Thomas. And the note says, Luke, I have no one else to turn to. I'll be back by Christmas. So we don't know who Thomas's parents are, but whoever they are, they have for some reason entrusted this baby to Luke for an unspecified amount of time. Everybody thinks the baby is Luke's, which seems like a pretty natural thing to think. He denies it. I don't know how he's so sure, but he's pretty sure the baby is not his. And this is like a running thing through the entire movie. But he's like, oh, yeah, it's Luke's baby. He's like, it's not my baby. So, they are then, very strong about that. Like, he says very, very clearly several times, it is not my baby. I yeah, know. I don't know Hallmark. if that meant he wasn't into girls, but then, yeah, I considered <laughs> that if this is Hallmark. And I don't know a whole ton about it, about Hallmark, but I figured maybe they weren't going there. Well, I, I figured he just wasn't going to come out and say I haven't had sex in the last 15 months or whatever <laughs> to, to, have, to have said to have been the father. But I thought that was very interesting that he was so sure. Anyway. Yeah, I, I think the reason he was so sure that it's Hallmark and we're not allowed to assume that anyone has premarital sex, even if they are in their 30s and extremely attractive and have no apparent. Yeah, it can't be my kid because I haven't been married. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But he takes the kid home, you know, to watch him for a couple of days or whatever until mom or dad shows up. The brother's mother is obviously thrilled, but she gets called away to see to Aunt Louise, who has, I don't know, broken a bone or something. It's unclear what's happened with Aunt Louise, but she has to go. She had a fall. She fell down. I thought she'd be a little older than she was. I know. I have to admit, she wasn't as, yeah, she was just like her. I thought she was maybe great Aunt Louise, actually. Yeah, no, she had a concussion because then she was holding the ice on her head. Right. Good catch, Bettina. Thank you. So, yeah, she has to go see Aunt Louise. And going to see Aunt Louise, I think, is pretty obviously just a pretext to get mom out of this so that the three brothers have to take care of the baby by themselves. But anyways, mom has to go see Aunt Louise, leaves baby with the three brothers, which should be something one can do because they're all three adults. Oh, hey, the mom looked familiar to me and I couldn't place her. So, of course, I looked her up and she was in Three Men and a Baby. Oh, oh. Right. <laughs> she was, I, I think, Tom Selleck's girlfriend or one of them. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I read that too. Yeah, she was Tom Selleck's girlfriend in that movie. Good to know. See, they're making all kinds of references. I actually have never seen Three Men and the Baby, full disclosure. Oh, I've seen both of them. I think that's okay. <laughs> okay to not see that one. So anyways, she leaves the baby with the three men and pieces out to Aunt Louise's and this should be fine because they're adults. Wrong. It's totally not fine. So the first of the three men to have babysitting duty is Taylor, remember, the video game developer, who promptly puts the baby carrier on his swivel chair. Can we talk about this? To, like, put the kid in front of the video game, you mean? No. No, the fact that you're not supposed to put a fucking baby carrier on a fucking swivel chair. (laughs) I actually wrote more about why does he think the kid wants to play the video game? (laughs) Well, obviously the kid's too young to play the video game, and yeah. But yeah, at that I, I point, was... I was thinking the baby has been in this 
car seat for way too long. <laughs> it seemed really boring for the baby. Uncomfortable. Yeah, but this yeah. baby is exceptionally chill. I feel the need to point out. How old do we think this baby is? I'm guessing five months. Yeah, five, six, five yeah. or six months. Five, I would six. Say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he much agree. never cries. You know, and he can know sit he's... up on his own. Yeah, so he's definitely got some motor skills. He never cries and is pretty chill sitting in this carrier most of the time. So, you know, it's just like written all over all of the packages of all of the car seats and all the carriers that you don't just like put it on furniture because it can fall. Mary also... has had a baby in the last 12 months. Yes. So she knows more about these things. Yeah, those little sure. details can get really aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that was. Missy also has children. They are older than yours, okay. Mary, but she does also have children. It's Mia starting to get not. hard to remember. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, when I wrote that one down, I think I was expecting there to be a ton of moments like this where there was something you obviously shouldn't do with a baby that they did. And I think that was really the only one, other than the obvious, you know leaving your baby at the fire station with a note um well and the so yeah. forgetting about the kid at the toy store we're getting there we'll yeah. get to that yeah. yeah keeping him covered up without even looking at him <laughs> yeah or putting yeah putting it on the ground <laughs> yeah well we, we gotta get to ooh, that that was behind a car too we'll get there so anyways at which point we switch over to a scene of Luke at the firehouse. He is talking to an attractive lady, Allison. I thought she would end up being his love interest. She's not, spoiler alert. About a fundraiser he's having for a children's charity of some kind. Next, we have Stefan going over to Susie's extravagantly decorated house to work with Yorkie and Marcel. And they have some awkward conversations. And I should mention that at this point, Stefan, it has made it very clear that he prefers animals to people, is terrified of humans, does not like talking to people. Susie is also exceptionally awkward, but in a very chatty way. Stefan has been asked to give this talk about responsible pet ownership at a local shelter, and he's avoiding doing it because he doesn't like speaking in front of people. Yeah, um, I kept calling her the weird lady. I wasn't that into, what, what was her company called? So sue me. S-E-W-S-U-E. -S -E. Oh, I uh, thought that was, I like that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I thought it was clever, but I, I, I know that's the only way I could remember what her actual name was because I legitimately kept writing down the crazy lady. <laughs> I kind of liked Susie. I, crazy dog lady. I kept I writing. I don't know what it says about me that I found Susie a little bit hashtag relatable. Oh, interesting. Yeah, when <laughs> she saved him, that was just pretty sweet. Yes, we may as well jump forward to that conversation there's a moment where they're walking the dog in the park and they run into the guy from the shelter who is trying to talk Stefan into giving this talk oh, and he yeah. tries to hide from him and he's like no no I have to hide from him. he's like oh I see and she's like oh I see you're being investigated by the IRS and he's like no no it's not bad it's that you know he wants me to give this talk and I'm afraid of people and I, she was like oh we have so much in common he's like no we don't and gets really defensive but then you know when the guy sees him and comes over and starts you know trying to get on him about this again she jumps in and saves him and she takes the guy by the arm and she's like you work with animals great I have some questions for you and walks him away so that Stefan doesn't have to face this situation so I mean that's a little bit sweet in its hallmark way anyways meanwhile we have Taylor trying to buy baby formula and hijinks ensue and then Stefan takes over and more hijinks ensue and both brothers end up extremely frazzled at which point we get a little bit of the brother's backstory. Stefan and Taylor are talking and Taylor says, how does someone abandon a child on Christmas? And oh, Stefan says, dad would that's know. That's dad. Yeah. We next find out that Taylor accidentally bought adult diapers instead of baby diapers. So they go shopping. 
and they end up making baby's first Christmas ornament, one of those like footprint things that you can make in the store, at which point they run into Taylor's ex Fiona, who works for the video game company, and it is clear that there are feelings there. Cut over to mom talking to Aunt Louise, and she says that the boys shut each other out after dad left. They all shut each other out emotionally, and she just wants them to get along and be like brothers again. Okay cut back to home where Taylor and Stefan have finally gotten the baby to fall asleep and they're like don't move and then Luke walks in and is like hey what's up everybody and just shouts and wakes the baby up and the baby cries like the only time in the whole movie the baby cries because he's just been woken up Luke acts like Taylor and Stefan are completely incompetent says it's just a baby takes over like he knows what's going on in the morning Luke is baking cookies while holding the baby and has already fed changed and burped him assembled the swing and worked out how is that possible how did that happen so luke is super dad and here we go for now for now but wait for it oh true then luke ends up at some kind of an event i think he's dropping stuff off for this charity event the fundraiser you know and he puts down the baby carrier and picks up the wrong baby carrier and puts it back in his car so he takes the wrong baby home but don't forget the baby carrier is covered so you can't see that the baby is wrong but still But we've got this kind of weird situation set up where like, you know, Luke was proving to Taylor and Stefan that it's not that bad. And then Luke is the one who ends up fucking it up most royally at all by actually losing the baby and bringing the wrong baby home and like accidentally kidnapping someone else's kid. But of course, he goes back and gets it sorted out and gets the correct baby and everybody. I I actually wrote down, how did they correct that? I missed it. It was was really it was really fast. Like they showed the scene where the police were in the there and they're like, oh, sorry. And then she's like, oh, this doesn't happen ever. Yeah. I, I literally was like, whoa, the baby's back. Like, I, I didn't, I totally missed that. I, I, I'm glad you could clarify. I was glad so was glad right. they didn't drag that out. I was concerned yeah, was. that was going to yeah. go on for a while. There's going to be a bit really... like the one where they have a baby, but they don't know where they got it after a night of drinking in Vegas. Oh, the hangover? Yes, I thought it was going to be a bit like hangover. Oh, yeah. Just like most of the movie is going to be about how do we get the baby back. No, can we can we back up though and talk about this scene though where Luke comes in and wakes the baby up and then Taylor's doing the lunges with the, or doing, you know, bouncing up and down with the baby and like holding um Stefan's hand. I thought that scene was hilarious. What? I don't even you don't remember bouncing that? up and down and doing lunges? I don't remember this. No. So it's when Luke comes home and wakes up the baby and then Taylor's trying Oh they like are they're like sort of tag teaming being great world's greatest dads kind of moment. Yeah, and then Luke says you you know they said they texted him and Luke's like all you did was text me cat gifs. <laughs> and then Taylor gets upset and then he's like um going up and down trying to keep the baby uh, quiet and holding Stefan's hand. I thought it was just a really funny scene. Oh, I don't remember them holding hands though. That's funny. Well, anyways, the point is Luke's reputation for as super dad has quickly been thrown out the window because he actually lost the baby, something nobody else. So knows. they've all screwed up. They've all screwed up in varying degrees, Luke most royally of them all. And so they start fighting, at which point Stefan gives everyone a pep talk saying that you know each of us on our own has messed this up starting tomorrow it's all hands on deck for the baby we're going to do this together so the next day they're all being super dads together they go ice skating which why why do you think infant ice skating i how i thought that was really weird too i was like it's not like the kid's like the kid he can't even stand right but whatever but they did give us the reason to have the amazing like 
Santa dress up photo montage, which I actually really liked. So yeah, the yeah. ice skating though, they had a promo for the for the movie and they showed them on the ice, which I thought was funny because two of them are really good and one of them wasn't. Like so I wish that was actually in the movie. Oh, that was not in the movie? It wasn't in the movie. No, was, like, in the movie promo. they don't actually show us how they managed to ice skate with an infant. No. So there there was a promo where it was Luke and Taylor were like really good and like skating around and then Stefan was like pushing the stroller like <laughs> fumbling. If if you if He's you pushing the see, stroller on ice on the ice? On the ice, yes. I can oh. think of several reasons that's a terrible idea. Maybe that's why it was cut out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like for child abuse reasons or something. Yes. But you should look it up. It was one of the promos for it. Thank you, Bettina. So <laughs> Anyways, this outing does give us the excuse for several things. One of these things is they run into Fiona again, and it becomes clear that there are, again, feelings on Taylor's end about the end of that relationship. And then they go to a Christmas market and end up purchasing elf costumes for all four of them, including the baby. And they take a pic with Santa with all three brothers and the baby. Flash over to skip out, cut over to the next scene, which is at home again. And they are arguing over sanitizing a bottle. And they realize how much their mom does. They say something like, man, mom had three of these. Can you imagine? And one of them's like, oh, yeah, she still does. She does everything for us. At which point I realized that they're really shitty at being adults. And so they resolve to finally give mom the Christmas she deserves. And so next they're tree shopping. Enter Mark Clark. Was that his name? Oh, Mark LaClark. Mark LaClark. <laughs> that, that was cute. <laughs> Mark LaClark. That's not bad. Mark LaClark. High school okay. bully. <laughs> he was their high school bully. Yes, he is now their neighbor. And he now taunts them for their lack of Christmas decor and flaunts his own Christmas decor, brags about he is going to how he is going to win a prize from a contest put on by a local news station, and the prize is a cruise. They resolve that they're going to show up, Mark, and win the prize for mom, because mom's never been on a cruise. They run into Fiona again, unclear how, and they recruit her to help decorate. She's going to do some technological fancy thing Susie shows up with a casserole for Stefan because she knows that taking care of a baby is hard work and so she and Stefan bond over the beautiful Christmas tree he got a noble fur and she ends up staying to help decorate as well and then the boys show the girls their choreographed Christmas dance oh my god we have to talk about the dance because I actually really liked it I loved it I loved it I thought it was was so funny I thought it was actually really clever Yes, I liked it. Mary, liked it Mary obviously hated it because she's being very quiet. No, I didn't hate it. It was like, it would have been funny in a YouTube video, but in this context, I'm kind of unclear on at what point in their adult lives they've managed to, because either they did this like a way, way, way long time ago before their dads left and their relationships fell apart. In which case, how do they still remember it that well? Or else they've done it fairly recently. And I, I'm just not seeing a context for how they have. That's true. I, I felt like they must have done it when they were kids. But okay, it's fair. so TikTok-y that like, I don't, it, it didn't really, they couldn't it was be cute. TikTok kids that yeah. learn this and keep doing it their adult lives. But you're right. They, they have, my assumption was that they made this up when they were kids. Well, first of all, they kind of like have like a Wakanda forever kind of moment, which I really liked in it. I was like, yay, Chadwick. But they they did it because they were kind of hosting the night as well. And they like did their little dance at the end of the movie, which I really liked as they were like the commentators in the background, you know, 
during the film, which I thought was really cute. I thought it was fun. I was excited. The dance was kind of cute. I, I agree. The dance was cute. I, I don't see entirely how it made sense. But then again, in the grand scheme of things I have to suspend my disbelief for during Hallmark movies, it's really not that bad. So you know what? That's right. That Whatever. one's all right. I think it was one that they did as kids. So then anytime that song came on, it was something that they did together, which was kind of yeah. cute. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was fun. But I, I agree. It was, it was... It was short enough, too, that it wasn't unbelievable that they would know all that. Yeah. My only thing was that it was like really TikTok driven, which, you know, they're obviously like at least 15 years too old to have learned it from watching TikTok videos. But, you know, but still, as, as kids anyway. But it was great. I loved it. Next, cut to the firehouse where Luke is suddenly giving a pep talk to a kid, maybe 12 years old-ish, I would guess, who apparently is the son of a firefighter who died a few years ago. And this is one of those very forced Hallmark moments where they're trying to, like, tie different people's tragedies together and make it, you know, a nice moment, except we really don't have much backstory on this other firefighter. And I thought it was... um, Yeah, it was a bit much. I agree. We didn't really need that. But it, but it had to like it created some kind of problem why Luke was delayed, right? So Luke ends up being late, comes home. Everybody's mad at Luke for being late, and he later. needed to help with the decorations to put him in his truck. Oh, in the truck, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. They get in this fight in which Luke rants about he how he does everything for everyone else and nothing for himself. And when Dad walked out, Luke was the one who stepped up and did all of the Dad things. Meanwhile. Stefan hid in his room and Taylor just got in trouble with his little friends and he clearly has some feelings about all of this. The end of that is that when Taylor's like fuck you guys I'm gonna go play video games? Well next scene the next note I have is Taylor and Fiona have a talk about how he's the problem so maybe Taylor does some self-reflection after this. Yeah that's when he yeah he storms off and goes to his room downstairs. Okay. Yeah because then I wrote Taylor gets told off by Fiona not long after that. Yeah, that there we go. That tracks. But then also, Stefan has a problem with the baby. Yes, that's so, when the rash shows up. Yeah. Yes, and this happens while Luke is at his charity event, which has raised twenty-seven thousand dollars. I wrote that down too. Twenty-seven thousand dollars at the firehouse fundraiser. That's impressive. And they didn't even like have like fireman calendar fundraiser. You know, they might have because at the beginning, there's a remark made to Luke about being Mr. January because he's done a calendar before. Uh... So that they might have done i just uh, thought it was a lot of money it could be I, I don't have any concept of how much money firehouses raised with their charitable events but like i could see there being one where they do a big thing and like there are a lot of community organizations involved and it's not just them like baking cookies yeah. or something oh yeah, yeah i believed all of that i just thought that was a lot i was like good yeah. for them so Luke also wins an award for community outreach or something unclear, but he has to leave in the middle of his speech because he gets a call from Stefan because Thomas has a rash and he's in the ER. Turns out Thomas is entirely fine. The doctor who apparently co-wrote the, you know, the actress who co-wrote the movie comes out and tells them everything's fine. They've basically gone to the ER for nothing. I have a lot of questions about how this worked just I of- do too, actually. I mean, Missy is a nurse and has children. And obviously, Mary, you have a baby now too. But like, they said it was just a teething thing. Do they get a rash from teething? I mean, my you can get like a fever and all that. Yeah, so you can get a fever rash sounds stuff. fine. Yeah, of course, yeah. some pediatricians will tell you that teething doesn't cause fevers, but it depends who you ask. But yeah, that's true. But uh, sure. So it's not the diagnosis I have a problem with because a lot of weird symptoms can manifest with teething. I don't know about the rash in particular, 
the questions I have are, they took this baby, not knowing his last name, parents' names, social security number, anything like that, to the ER, and just like got him care. And there are no questions about... Where did you get this baby? Who's paying the bill? Who, well, they're, whatever, they're filming in Canada, aren't they? <laughs> it's in the public health system in Canada. <laughs> they're probably like, that's probably how it works. Yeah, Here they didn't have his birthday either. I don't think they would give that baby back. Yeah, I don't think they would. <laughs> no, you're probably, that's probably very true. And I, what did the doctors say when they came out? Like, I have terrible news. I'm like, what doctor's going to do that? Oh, just kidding. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, did you catch the line, though, too, where she's like, oh, three, three grown men and a baby. You can't write this stuff. Exactly. Yes, I did. It makes more that. sense now, knowing that now she's that we a writer. Know that she's a writer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So baby's fine. Baby's fine. Luke apologizes to his brothers for the outburst earlier, and they all talk about their feelings, R.E. dad, and their gratitude for mom and each other. Next comes the decorating contest moment mm-hmm. of truth. So Mark, big lights and inflatable lawn ornament extravaganza looks poised to win. And then all of a sudden, they have a star of Bethlehem come down the street on a fire engine, and they come out and do this living nativity scene bit i guess is the only way i can describe it in which the brothers are the magi Susie is the virgin mary and thomas is baby jesus and fiona is operating the technology but taylor there's a moment earlier where taylor suggested he didn't know if they had i don't know the capacity for anyways a fuse blows fiona's scrambling to fix it seems like it was taylor's mistake but it's unclear and they, in the meantime, improvise some sort of terrible monologue about the child. Jesus. And Jesus. And and they don't have a Joseph, they realize. They realize they don't have a Joseph. They realize this at last minute, which is symbolism. And yes. they say that Joseph no is dead. alive, tending his sheep, which, of course, you know, the good Christians watching Hallmark will know Joseph doesn't have sheep. That's not a thing. It, it's, it was definitely supposed to be bad and awkward and funny and so I kind of appreciate that Hallmark did something cheesy that was like supposed to be bad and awkward and cheesy and so you know in that way and then I did like that how they sort of the local tv channel is the award presenter of this thing and the host is like oh and it's very clear that we have a winner and it's Mark Like, like, I I like that they didn't just suddenly let them win because it was still pretty bad. I like that, too, because that was very un-Hallmark. The typical Hallmark thing would be, like, they show up, have done half the work, and put this together in a day and a half, and they win. But I I like that they didn't win, and then they kind of got along with Mark afterwards. Mark was like, respect for what you did there. Let's have some eggnog. And, you know, they had a keg of eggnog, I have to add. He said... Oh, okay. Of course Mark had a keg of it. Mark LeClark was the kind of man who would have a keg of eggnog. Oh, it's like an eggnog keg. Wow. That's commitment. I was confused by the lights, though, because didn't Fiona come in to, like, do, like, this huge light show? And then when she got the lights to work, they just, it was just lights turned on. It wasn't, like, any kind of show. I know. She talked about dancing lights. Yeah, I thought it was going to be one of those, like, set to music, and it'd be, like, this huge thing. I thought we'd have a montage of them decorating, too. That didn't happen. Yeah, we didn't get a decorating montage. I wonder if it got cut, because it definitely felt like that was missing. I agree. Yeah, yeah. If Taylor was making this, like, what appeared to be some kind of control box for the thing, it definitely, you wouldn't just make that box to turn the lights on. Like, it it, it seemed like there was supposed to be more, and maybe they ran out of money. So anyways, two very important things happen, though, during this weird wise men light 
stunt thing. The first is their mother shows up and sings Silent Night and everybody has a touching moment singing Silent Night with their mom. And yep. of course, she's very happy to see her sons all getting together and being brotherly. Being friends. The second thing is Thomas's mother shows up. Her name is Sophie. And we finally get the story here. They, you know, go inside and of course are asking Sophie why the fuck she left her baby at a firehouse with an anonymous note. And it turns out that Sophie is a single mom who showed up to town right before Thomas was born and she had nobody. And Luke was the first responder who came when she went into labor and they really connected or whatever. And he was so good and she felt so at ease and she knew that he would be the right person to take care of Thomas. And she needed a few days to get life figured out so that she didn't lose her apartment. So how did she get her life figured out in five days? I did wonder that as well. I I wonder that as well. I can only assume she got a job. Or, I don't know, moved into her more affordable house or something. Something I don't know. But it also was so fast. And this is kind of the part where I fell asleep for a little bit and I came back to watch it. And I I thought, how are they going to get this? And when I woke up and it was in the one year later moment, I just was like, whoa, what happened? In like the five minutes I fell asleep. Like they got well, Here's what happened involved. in the five minutes when you fell asleep. Christmas morning, mom says it was never about the decorations. And she's so happy because the best gift is to have them all together and not fighting. Stefan goes over to Susie's house, confesses his feelings for her and says, you make me not want to hide away. And so they're an item now. Taylor shows up to help Fiona's team prepare for launch. He confusingly suddenly gets his job back just by showing up. And this is made clear when he's like, I have my job back, right? And he turns to the boss and boss gives him a thumbs up. Boss boss is from Sign Sealed Delivered. I like that guy. Yes, I like that guy too. Yes. And anyways, he also makes it clear he now plans to take Fiona out to dinner now that he has his job back. So they're getting back together too. And then Luke goes over to Sophie's house to give her the Christmas ornament with the footprint they had made. And she invites him in and it becomes clear that they are going to fall in love because they relate to both feeling like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. One year later, Sarah, you can fill us in here. Okay, so one year later, I think we have essentially every character almost in this movie in the house, except maybe the doctor. And it's Luke's house. It is Luke's house. It is finished, which is something we didn't really talk a ton about, about how he's trying to fix up this house. And Luke is there, and he's obviously with Sophie now, and Thomas is there, and he's a bit older. Taylor's there with Fiona, Susie and Stefan are there, and Mom and Aunt Louise are there. And it's like the next Christmas, and they're like, look, Thomas got a fireman's hat. And they do like this whole big, like, let's put the hat on him. And it's so cute. And then suddenly, at the very end of the movie, the Sugar Plum Fairy song comes on, and they're about to do their dance again. And, and then it stopped. It. I'm like, I wanted to see them dance. <laughs> I know. I know. I you wanted more. I did I, want more. <laughs> I wanted to. St- well, you know, there's definitely some stuff we could have cut out to, to afford more of the dancing. But then, like I said, then we did cut to those three guys like sitting on the couch watching the movie, and they did it a little bit of it again, which I thought was really cute. So, yeah, during the credits, yeah, they did. That was fun and games. That movie. Ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> well, in. In typical Hallmark fashion, they have to do everything in the last five minutes of the yes. movie. That's when everything Ooh, Yeah, happens. that was very Well, fast. they're also putting in the most amount of commercial breaks as possible, so it's very easy to get lost. In the- That's a good bingo. Congratulations. Let's translate over to bingo moments. So I actually wrote two different things, but then I wanted to put this in because he opens the fridge to 
a dollop of Daisy, like literally exactly how they do in the ad, the the Daisy sour cream in the fridge, and he doesn't do anything with it, and he just closes the door again. Yep, and then the next commercial break was, it said, like, Three Wise Men and Babies, sponsored by Daisy Sour Cream. That's right, that's right. And it's obviously in the movie. So yes, I did catch that. Then I also wrote the decorating competition as a bingo moment as well. That's kind of, to be fair, I don't think they've ever really focused on competing against someone and decorating their house. They usually do go over the top on decorating, but it's just usually appears. And I kind of liked the competition. But there often is some kind of a competition. True. No, there true, was true. a competition for, there was one, the Christmas house, it was a competition one. Oh yeah, Bettina is our resident expert on content. All right, I, I've seen a lot of Hallmark movies. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that one. That one involved a competition. Ah, okay, Bettina, what was your bingo moment? There Kisses. was a couple. There was the ice skating. Oh, um, I had that one too. The Christmas cookies, obviously. I had Santa, and then the fake snow. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, those are all good ones. Mary, what about you? Christmas fundraiser for a children's charity. Oh, yes. Very good one. Very good one. Missy, what about you? Bingo moment? I don't really know any of those. <laughs> but I did, I did see them drinking hot cocoa. Oh, yes. And it that looked like they actually good. had cocoa in their cups, which I was happy about. Because that other movie we watched, they clearly had empty cups. <laughs> sure. They're stepping it up. Oh, those are all very good bingo moments. Hashtag relatable with Hallmark Top. Okay, what about hashtag relatable? Is there anything relatable in this movie? I thought the whole sibling, like, relationships, because I have three sisters, so there's always... Right, she totally knows that. Yeah, yeah, so it's going back and forth, and you're like you're fighting with them, and then you have these moments where you're like reminiscing about things, and then I don't know if we've ever had like those loving moments, <laughs> <laughs> but we've definitely had the ones where we're like making fun of each other and then reminiscing about stupid things from our childhood. Well, so Bettina, was- what was you and your sister's choreographed dance? That's right. <laughs> we didn't have a choreographed dance, but we would sometimes do new kids on the block put the video in and we would each take a we would each be a new kids on the block person who <laughs> were awesome. you i was jordan oh, jordan yeah and then since there were only four of us we would, would then when my cousin came over we'd make her be i think we made her be danny <laughs> <laughs> oh poor girl yeah so that was our choreographed dance i guess <laughs> that's great that's great barry what about you with hashtag relatable yeah, I had a few of them. So, I mean, the most obvious one is getting a baby to sleep and then freaking out about anyone making any noise. Yes. Um, so, you yes. know, that is relatable. Though, to be fair, I think Kyle is more paranoid about waking her generally than I am. I'm kind of of the camp of, like, some amount of conversations at normal volume somewhere in the house need to happen. She needs to get used to sleeping through some degree of, like, life happening. Yes. Otherwise, your lives will be silent forever but i did have a couple of other relatable moments okay go ahead and one was having a yorkie with emotional problems oh yes because i do dogsty he's sitting right next to me right now mr fido r dog stoyevsky he's he's a troubled little guy sometimes i have in fact taken him to this is on this is on my list i just took my dog to a dog behaviorist this week (laughs) (laughs) did 
did they look like Paul Campbell? Like, because that would have been amazing. <laughs> no, I think I had some girl. But she was good. She did a good job. Yeah, mine was a woman, but she did a good job and she put Dugsty on, you know, meds that work. And oh, See, yeah. we didn't get a person who can prescribe stuff. So we, I've been just recording him all the time and sending her videos. But uh, yeah, poor, poor Gatsby, my also literary theme dog. The thing is, there was a scene at the very beginning where Taylor is FaceTiming with his mom and she can't figure out how to do it. And he's trying to explain how to do it. He just like gives up and shouts upstairs at her, which I actually found extremely relatable. Not that my mother is that inept with technology. Mom, if you're listening, she won't listen because she likes Hallmark too much. But because I I have, in fact, in other areas of my life, and I will be silent as to which areas of my life this has been in order to protect the innocent, dealt with boomers who can't technology. Like who can't technology. That's good. What about you, Missy? Anything relatable for you in this one? Well, I liked how people kept pointing out that baby needs a diaper change. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't forget to include that. Um, and sometimes if you're entertaining a baby, two hours can feel like all day. <laughs> I was like, I can relate to that. Yeah, fair enough. That's good. I actually did write down the sugar plum fairy dance. Not that me and my siblings had a dance. But we do have, I believe it's probably made in the Christmas of, let's see, when was Johnny born? 1985. My dad had a video camera, which in 1985, for anyone, you know, not actually breathing then, wouldn't realize how, like, ahead of the times that was. And my dad was filming us, like, decorating the Christmas tree. And I was, of course, directing the play. And I very famously... I was wearing an angel costume. I don't know where I got that, but I was wearing an angel costume. And my brother was not, Brock was not listening to me uh, and not listening to my direction very well. And so I very famously said to him, Brock, this is supposed to be a real show, not a stupid show. And so now every Christmas, every Christmas, or even not even related to Christmas sometimes, someone will do something that one of the other siblings doesn't like, or someone's not taking it seriously enough, and we will be like, this is supposed to be a real show, not a stupid show, or this is supposed to be a real dinner, not a stupid dinner, or whatever. Like, it's it's always, always, always a phrase that is in our lives, and it kind of, when they did this thing that I assumed was from their childhood, it reminded me very much of, of this play that I made up that was no good. And Brock, actually, they had a commercial on at that time where a guy came on the TV and he said, here are a few words about Levi's jeans and cords. And Brock also very famously said in this video, here are a few words about Jeevi's leans and cords. And my, my dad made him say it about four times. That's another one we repeat often. Jeevi's leans and cords. But that's funny. I don't know if we would remember these things as well if we didn't have the video of it. You know, if it was just like a story oh, yeah. from when we were five, but we've seen it so many times that, you know, we know it really well, but probably only because we know the video, not because we remember it that well. Well, that's funny. It was probably like one on those huge camcorders too, right? Dad had to be plugged into the wall for the tape <laughs> recording and stuff. And like very ahead of his time, John Grubb, we always had the technology. <laughs> The problem we're having here is I think we disagree on what the fundamental problem about this movie was. Um, (laughs) Because for me, it was the sort of inept dad stereotype. It feels like one of those, you know, commercials from the 90s or 2000s for a cleaning product 
where you've got a dad doing something wrong and you know all the laundry comes out you know pink or whatever and then mom swoops in with whatever product is being advertised and makes it all better so you know it's playing off the stereotype of the idea that like men cannot take care of houses and children because that is women's work and they all like will isn't it cute watching them try and failing spectacularly at it but then don't forget now granted he did make a mistake in the end but luke was like super dad for that right, one so i was optimistic that luke was going to break that cycle but then he didn't because then he lost the baby he did he just misplaced the baby <laughs> <laughs> well, and to be fair women are just better at everything so <laughs> Well, and where Bettina and I, now Missy has to chime in too, but Bettina and I felt, I think what they did really stupidly in this is that they made everyone fall in love in like the last 30 seconds of the movie. That was totally unnecessary. Like, I actually thought the moral of this story, that the boys are now closer and their mom and they can like, now they, maybe that, maybe, maybe like, they're all going to move out of their houses now and not driven by some woman getting them out of their house, but just like them trying to get their shit together. Like I actually thought that would be a much better moral than. than I agree. I kind of wish that they had ditched all of the last minute romances. And I'm going to do something I didn't think I'd be doing, which is defending the romances. None. I know that's crazy. None none of the women were very interesting either. So, and, and the movie would be fine without them. The only thing that, They'd have to figure out on their own is how to be the three wise men. But I th- they figured out how to be the elves at the Santa shop. Like, I think they could figure it out. Well, and I think it's more, I wanted it to be more of a love story about their mom. Because then they're starting to realize, like, how great their mom was and how she did everything. And Right. And they touched on that a tiny bit about, man, yeah. mom, single mom doing this is hard. Like, you're right. They, there could have been a bit more there to just be like, I kind of wanted them to have to like end up with the kid but but not with the mother like maybe she never came back that would have bothered me a lot but i I, I do want to say in defense of the love stories i think the reason that i like these love stories more than your typical hallmark love stories is because they were kind of relegated to secondary plot lines i think oftentimes the reason hallmark love stories are so cringe is because they try to eke two hours out of a love story with no barriers to it and so you've got this romance and there's no reason why these two people can't be together and we have to spend two hours watching them either you know like bake cookies and throw flour at each other or invent like artificial reasons they can't be together so so as to make it somewhat satisfying when they do get together where in this case all three of the love stories were kind of relegated to the background each was a little bit quirky And none of them moved at a pace that seemed extremely out of touch with reality. It was kind of like getting to know someone slowly and realizing at the end that it might work out. And then a year later, everybody's happy together. Fine. I'm I'm comfortable with everybody being happy together a year later. It's not this thing like last week The only one that was maybe believable to me was Taylor because he already knew her. Otherwise, I thought they were like too rushed and different and... I mean, we didn't know anything about that mother except for the 30 seconds she was in the movie. But Right, and so that's why, you know, a year later they're together, but right there on Christmas Day, they're not getting together. They're relating over something they have in common and then, like, maybe having a meal together. Right, I guess. Which is fine. Wow, Mary wants the love stories. I I still, I would say X. I don't think they're, 
I don't think they were necessary. And and Taylor also was smart enough to figure out how to do the lighting at the show. She added nothing to that, Fiona. And she was far too busy to help anyway. So why did That's she help? That's true. So Okay, we can ask Taylor and Fiona. I really, not that we're going to, I don't know if we'll be able to come up with exactly how the new movie would work anyway. But I would really like to see them coming out on their own of their mother's house. Like, you know, a bit more about... I don't know. We could have spent a bit less time on certain things to figure out how they could just become like grown up men that don't live with their mom, but still love their mom and appreciate her a lot. They like do something for their mom too. Like they end up like, I don't know. Well, she probably already owns that house. So <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. they could take her on a cruise, you know, in a year, they could have all been on that cruise ship. That's oh. right. Always in their mom and aunt. It's true. I, I like that. But their mom just their mom said it basically wasn't about that, right? It wasn't about getting stuff for Christmas. It wasn't about decorations. It was just about like having the family together. And she gets that. Which okay, I just did the most hallmark thing I'll ever say on this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> but 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 they could, you know, decide that they're all working professionals and doing well and they're gonna do something, take their mom on a nice Christmas. Maybe they're gonna go to some yeah, super Christmas. That's fine. They could do that, but I don't think that would fix anyone's fundamental problems with this movie. And I think that you know, maybe the problem we're having here is because none of us see the same fundamental problems. And so um, we just have different preferences and that's fine. But something we do seem to kind of agree on is that maybe the relationship with the mother should have been more of a focal point. Mm. So how could we make that happen? Well, especially since she was like hand selected to be in this film. Obviously. Yeah. I'm the actress. Ugh, how can we incorporate the mom more? I, th- I think that she has to be gone for a bit because they need to be bonding with the baby and blah, 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 blah. So she can't be there the whole time. But I think some, I, I do think some semblance of showing them growing up as men, whether they're in relationships with women or not, would help with the relationship with mom. Because, you know, we see the Taylor not living in the basement anymore, but has mom over sometime. I don't know. Like, we don't have enough time, I guess, to really truly develop the relationship with the mother would be my opinion but i would be open to suggestions yeah i would agree because there's just a lot that happened in the movie so it's understandable why they couldn't do more with the mom yeah i don't know this one's tough <laughs> i mean there would maybe be we need a sequel had... sorry i, there would, I would go for a sequel <laughs> if we had half as many commercials that's true that's we should just have more daisy dollops and then we don't need to have all the commercials there we go there we go so you think the problem is, is that this movie was just too good. I mean, like for me, this was like the best one so far. <laughs> I think it was a better than average Hallmark movie, though. Yeah. It's interesting. I had a conversation with my mother right before we started recording this episode. My mother loves Hallmark movies. And she was like, did you watch Three Wise Men and a Baby? And I was like, yeah, I did. And she's like, well, what do you think? And I was like, I thought it wasn't bad. You know, as Hallmark movies go, there was a lot to like about it. And she was like, I just thought it was really disappointing. And I was like, mom, why? And so I was trying to understand her mindset to try to understand what we could do better. And what she didn't like is she felt they didn't behave realistically, which fair, they didn't behave realistically, but who does in one of these movies? I mean, I was kind of okay with that. And what else? I think she just had really high expectations because she liked all three of the actors. She kind of offended me though, because she was like, these are three of the four best actors in Hallmark. And I was like, the fourth being Palaha. And she was like, who? (gasps) Oh, don't... Don't get me started on Palaha. He's my favorite. I love him. We, we, have good tastes. we love Palaha. We want more Palaha always. 
Oh, yes. so maybe that's how we fix this movie is we add more Palaha and then everyone can be happy. That's true. Maybe we make Palaha a, a long lost brother. Well, what if Palaha, what if what if the woman doesn't come back, but Palaha comes back as yeah, the what if dad? It's a single dad instead of a single mom? Oh, he had oh, to. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And then they're all to... friends and they like choose to, you know, I don't know, look after the boy together, Thomas together. What, what's this guy's name so i can look him up because i don't know that guy christopher palaha with a k what? yeah he spells it like with a k and then with and F two f's of the ch yeah okay i think you've looked him up missy because i've talked I, about him i actually think i have with him <laughs> oh he yeah was in, he's in the latest version of jurassic park but i think it's just like a cameo oh yeah it's very disappointing he's in it for like two seconds he was playing yeah, he, the crap out of it poor guy he should be like the single dad friend. i'm sure he had to go away to do something cool yeah, yeah no, i like where we're some... going with this yeah i think he should come back as a single dad but then how did he know luke why would he leave the baby with luke oh maybe he's like the brother of the guy who died in the firehouse so oh he, so he trusts firemen or something well maybe you wouldn't trust firemen if your brother died but i don't know like there's some connection to that 12 year old kid story or maybe i don't know and can we make it so he doesn't leave it with him anonymously because i was just really bothered by that like i'm kind of okay with a parent like leaving their child with another responsible adult because they have shit to do like that's fine but I was really bothered by like I'm just going to leave my baby here with an anonymous note and no one can get in touch with me and trust everything's going to be okay <laughs> no I like that because then we get more palaha so then he comes yeah. in to drop off the baby and he has a conversation with Luke or something and says hey can you just watch him for a little bit maybe they're just buds like maybe yeah. he's also yeah, a he's just got like a family emergency or something he has to suddenly like fly to the other side of the country and you know needs someone to watch his kid for a couple of days so he asks his good buddy Luke yeah yeah and that and then they end up getting attached to Thomas like they do and then they kind of have this like brotherly share of the of the care from ongoing and then the mother can just like interject her motherliness occasionally too. And then we have a sequel with Palaha. <laughs> then we have a sequel with Palaha and it is called... Well, the original sequel is called Three Men and a Little Lady. So we can't call it that. No, because it's... The sequel's a, called it's Four Men and a Baby. Yeah. It could, well, but oh. it's got to be it's gotta be like and a boy because it's going to be a bit older. No, I like the Four Men and a Baby because it's still a sequel. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Four men and a toddler. Yeah, I was just gonna. There say. you go. Four <laughs> men <laughs> and a toddler, starring Christopher Palaha, Tyler Hines, yes. Paul Campbell, and Andrew Walker. Andrew Walker, yes. yes. And then we can yeah, have actually... a toddler doing some sort of like hijinks that ends up like setting off a chain of events. Oh, that's yeah. definitely what happens in Three Men and a Little Lady. Okay, there we go. Toddler she's, a bit, she's a bit out of control. There we go. Sets off a chain of events. They have to problem solve. They might have to either, you know, like save the world or solve a mystery or something like that. And like good times will be had. And I I'm okay with the love interest and I'm okay with the love interest having a more active role in the sequel. I, I'm okay I think the it. love interest could come in in the second one, but I'd like them to just be like bit characters in the first okay. one. Okay, we could do that. We could have them introduced in the first one, developed in the second one, and really, you know, like inject some more estrogen into the second one. I, I like that. Okay. I like where you're going with that. That's good. That would be good. And I think maybe it needs like some Christopher Palaha writing too, just to make sure that we get a little bit more Christopher Palaha. 
Does he write, or have we just like made that up? He has a book. Oh, okay, that's why he's like a bit absent this year, even though he was in the first one, because he's like on tour with his book right now. What's his book about? I think it's a little bit Jesusy, but I'm not sure about that. Oh, okay. Hang on, let me just go to his IG right now because he's plugging it. Like there's there's like no plugs for Hallmark. It's all plugs about his book right now. Now I realized again looking him up now that I watched all of Ringer and he was in that. So like oh, yeah, yeah. that is. guy with Sarah Michelle Geller. I think was... you told us that before. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I just reliving my last this time book I looked him up. It's called Moments Like This, Anna Gomez and Christopher Palaha. I don't really know what it's about, but it something about Hawaii, it appears. From Kona with Love is the subtitle. Yeah. Let's look at <laughs> what's you. happening next week. So are we happy with what we came up with for our... I think so. It's I a sequel. So. It's a good sequel. And he's got Palaha. I'm super happy then. I'm good. Palaha's I'd watch back it. in. <laughs> and Palaha's going to be strongerly featured in the sequel, I think. I, um, you know, I also like Tyler Hines' character in this movie. I, I did too. I like Tyler Hines' character too. Yeah, so we could do more of him as well. So this week is actually Merry Thanksgiving. Oh, and Mary, we need, actually, speaking of Merry Thanksgiving hosted by Lacey Chabert, obviously replacing CCB in the like coming together of all things Christmas. I like her better. This is a good We do like her better personally. They, so. they called her the Queen of Christmas. They dethroned uh, Whoa, Whoa. Didn't it? <laughs> That's a big wow. Big time. Wow. Promoted from Gretchen Wieners to Queen of Christmas Queen of Christmas. I also noticed so you know that's CC- so fetch. CCB is very fetch. famous for like having all this shit on QVC and Lacey Chabert now has her own line of clothes on the home shopping network. So they like oh. are literally laying out to be arch nemesis, right. which I think is really interesting. So next week is a bit of you know, it, in fact, it's this week because it's Sunday as we're recording this. We've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So, you know, we've there's actually a several we're watching this weekend, right? We're doing the Southern Christmas or whatever. And then we've got a double, the double feature we're watching. We're doing the double feature on Saturday. So yeah, which, there's, seven, there's seven movies this week. Yes. That's so insane. on the Hallmark Channel, we have my Southern Family Christmas on Thanksgiving, which we are going to do with a friend of mine, some friends I know in Florida. Then we have on Friday, hashtag Xmas, a Royal Corgi Christmas, which I actually do really want to watch because I love corgis. And and if it has anything to do with the royal family, that would be amazing. Saturday is the double feature. We're going to do A Tale of Two Christmases and Haul Out the Holly starring the No, we're doing Christmas. the double feature on Sunday. Oh, we are doing the... Yeah. You're right. Oh, crap. You're right. But but Haul Out the Holly, we're going to miss the Queen of Christmas. Anyway. Hey, we'll, you're not we'll doing the Lacey Chabert one? I know. I know. We're technically not. We're doing the Sunday double feature, which is a lot. But, you know, it's a long weekend. Uh, a Christmas cookie catastrophe and a holiday spectacular. I have to get those scheduled. Um, oh. And then over on the other channel, standby, we have, because the, I, but I'm not that, I'm never that into the miracles of Christmas, but we have time for him to come home for Christmas. One of the Blake Shelton produced movies of the yeah. series. Because we've already watched all the prequels, so we need to watch that one. <laughs> correct. Correct. Are there any guesses about what any of those... Uh, let's. What do we think hashtag Xmas is about? I want to know what you guys think that's about. If you haven't seen the preview, of course. I was going to say, I, I need to be out of this probably because I know what they're all about. 
I'm going to say it's about the implosion of Twitter. Ooh, Elon Musk coming into Hallmark. That'd be amazing. I wish it could be about And, that. I mean, and it will not go well. It will be about the implosion of Twitter. And I have a lot of opinions about Elon Musk. None of them are positive. So, no, um, of course not. I don't know. Can there be an evil robot involved? Ooh, yes. Yes. Maybe <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk is going to be I would replaced like to watch by it. evil robot. I oh think my gosh, hashtag... Santa saved Twitter. Can can that be it? Santa oh, saved Santa Twitter saves from Twitter. evil robot Elon Musk. I love it. That's great. And he and, and apparently saves the world as well. Yeah. In the process. That would be excellent. I, I think hashtag Xmas will definitely in a true Hallmark sense be about how someone has forgotten the true meaning of Christmas. Probably. And but I mean just... there is one thing we know for sure. Know. Yeah. And that is they will. Fall in love. love. <laughs> okay, so just, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Missy and Christina, s- for joining us. Yeah, yeah thanks, nice for, to meet you. thanks for coming on, guys. Nice to meet you, Mary. Yeah, this was fun. <laughs>